Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to yet another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and it is a wonderful day outside today. I'm so glad to be here, and I appreciate you being here to listen in on our uh, program. And uh, we wanted to uh, make you aware that this is a program that's sponsored by our uh, home congregation, North Valley, of which I am the pulpit minister. And we would love for you to get to know our our home uh, congregation a little bit. If you go to our website, www.nvcoc.net, and in there you can find all sorts of things uh, about the, the congregation and as well as about God's Word. There is a link in there called Resourceful Links. You can go there and you can find uh, online Bible correspondence, online uh, videos of studies of the Bible, and it'll go through a whole series of those, and they're all free, uh, all that stuff. So if you're uh, interested in that sort of thing, please go there, take a look at that. And on the front page, you'll see a thing called a House to House, Heart to Heart. You can click on that and look at this publication that we send out in the mail every two months. And there are some wonderful articles in there by um, Alan Webster. And we get to do the, the last article there at the very end, but it's a, a publication that comes out of Alabama. But they're very good. Uh, we, we send those out every two months to about two or three-mile radius around our congregation. And people love it. We get a lot of good responses. We've had a lot of visitors, and people place membership at North Valley because of the the things they've read there in those articles. So it's been a great tool for us. And if you don't know anything about it, we we encourage you to get on there and and take a look at that. And one more thing, there is that radio mic there on the front page of our website. You click on that, and that will bring you to our blog site for the radio program, Redeeming the Time, where you can find all the older Uh, shows we've done on here, the audios, as well as our notes. And even today's uh, uh, file or audio file will be there, and you can take a look at that and any other notes. And if you have any comments or questions or you just want to give us some great feedback, we encourage you to do that by clicking on the Have a Question link at the top and send us your your thoughts and comments. We'd love to hear you. Well, I'm not alone in the studio today. I'm uh, joined in here by Brother Josh Austin. Josh is a, a great man for coming down here and uh, being part of the program. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Chris. Good to be here. And uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he, he enjoys this and he wants to do it more and more. I'd love to have him in here more often because uh, every time I look up, he's over there, he's smiling at me, and he's he's making me feel better about myself, and so I, I like him being here. <laughs> All right. It's good to be here, Chris. Appreciate your work you're doing. Thank you. Oh, well, you know, um, Josh, your I know your wife's name is Divine. How, you have how many kids? We have four children. Four children. What are their names? The oldest is Aaliyah, then Alyssa, Elena, and Josiah. Oh, a lot of ayahs, and you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just have the one. You're way, way ahead of me on that. But uh, Josh has been in the uh, um, uh, mission work and preaching God's Word for quite some time. 
uh, way back when, his uh, father used to be a missionary up in Kayenta in the, the Navajo Nation area. Mm-hmm. And then uh, didn't you go on from there? You went to the Bear Valley School of Preaching, right? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long ago was that? I graduated in 2002 is oh. when I graduated from Bear Valley. Oh, man, a long time ago. And after that, you, you came back and went to Kayenta and stayed there for a while. Went to Kayenta for almost nine years and uh, helped work with the, with the church there and was a great, great opportunity. What, what did you do? What did you do after that? After that, I went to back to Denver to work with Bear Valley Bible Institute in Denver, and they have something called the Extension Preaching Schools that they do around the world. They had fifteen at the time, and I was uh, blessed to work with the Cameroon uh, Bible Institute in Cameroon, Africa, and oh. so I worked with them for about two years. Okay, and uh, but now you're back here in the valley, back right? in Arizona. Mm-hmm. All right, so tell us a little bit about the work you're doing here. Uh, we uh, decided to come down and, and, again, try to focus on the Native Americans that are down here in Phoenix. There's over 130,000 uh, natives from all around that uh, tend to come here for education and jobs and opportunities that uh, Phoenix offers. And so there are so many people that I went to high school with and people that uh, care about that have moved down here. And we just wanted to have an opportunity to share the gospel down here as well. All right. Well, that's a, uh, that is some good work, and uh, I really uh, hope we can all be part of that. I know uh, North Valley helps out with that uh, when we can. And yes, I, you do. I love uh, hearing about all the good work. But, man, you, you do such a marvelous job spreading the good news. I've heard you preach several times, and I, I know you're, a, you're definitely a man of God. Appreciate and, that. And, and, you know, some of the things you're, you're talking about there kind of spark some things in my mind I've been thinking about. Some of the, of course, the previous shows I've been uh, uh, thinking on these things as well. And that is uh, our society and our even our, the world in general, but uh, just kind of focus in here in our own country, of where we're headed, uh, uh, morally speaking. Uh, we look back at the founding fathers. We look at how the country was uh, started, and we can definitely see a high level of spiritualism. We, we all have a high reverence for God and wanting to know and understand him. And that, that sort of mentality, that, that, those, that thinking is going away. We're not seeing it as much. In fact, we're seeing it uh, attacked more and more. Every Christmas now, we always hear about the war on Christmas. Right. I, I like to call it the battle on Christmas because when you say it's a war, it's just on this, we make it sound like it's focused on just this one area, but really right. it's just one battle of all the other battles that are happening throughout the year, that the attack against Christianity and anything about that. Um, the other day, the uh, Golden Globe Awards. Uh, I, I, I was when I first heard that, I thought I don't know why I thought that's the soap opera thing for <laughs> awards, and it's not. It's the movies and TV shows and everything because right. you can't miss it now. It's everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's, it was on Drudge Report, it was on Fox News, everywhere, everywhere I'd looked, it was all about these people who get paid tens of millions of dollars to be, do film and TV shows, and they're it's like this elitist show of watching them and make jokes, and even some of the highlights were just so crude. I didn't see the thing. But right. the highlights that were showing, even that was crude humor and bad etiquette and not not a, a good thing you'd want your children to see. And yet th- these people also make uh, these movies and the TV shows. Some of the movies they had lists that had won those shows, I had to look them up. I'd never heard of them. And mm. they're just full of immoral things. But they're pushing a, a, a thought, a new mindset. Well, not really new anymore, but this mindset to our country where they want us to go. And it's a, the Tearing down of the, the morals. Uh, not not too long ago, Alex Bigelman and I were in here talking about homosexuality and how that's uh, coming into our society bigger in a bigger, bigger way. And yes, um, 
I found this article online. Uh, I found it this morning, actually. But this is something that happened back in December. Uh, the state of Utah, when it first came into the union, the, the federal government at that time told them the only way that they would be accepted into the United States, into the union, was if they passed a law banning polygamy. I mean, that's <laughs> the fact that they had to tell them that. But we know right. we know why that is, but we're not going to get into that. But in December, that they went to the Supreme Court because guess what? There was a TV show uh, that got everyone thinking along this particular line of polygamy called Sisters' Wives. Hmm. Uh, I mean, just I just you know where that show's going with the title. But anyway, this, the the people of Sister Wives, the TV show, was suing the city of Utah. They wanted to be able to have polygamy. They wanted to strike down the polygamy um, uh, law. They didn't get the whole thing uh, struck down, but they had part of it struck down. Hmm. And so they saw it, and it is a victory for them. They're chipping away at the, the moral fabric of our society. But I want to read you just a small part of this quote from Turley. He was a... a the man who was uh, the lead counsel for Sister Wise against the state of uh, Utah. And uh, it's a long quote, but I'm just going to give you the last sentence because it speaks volumes of their mindset. Here it is. Our morality laws are falling, and we are a better nation for it. That's a scary quote right there. Unbelievable. What is it? I think, I think what they're, he's getting across there or what he wants people to see and understand is this, that – we don't want a standard. We don't want this standard that people have to live by. We don't want them to do whatever they want. And so you were talking a, a little bit about some of the work you're doing here in Phoenix. And so I, I have a question for you, and that is when you're out there and you're talking to the folks and you're, you're, you're trying to spread the good news, uh, you're, you do it far more than I do. I, I'm always in the office. I'm not out there as much as I should be or need to be, but you're always out there. I know you are because I, I hear about all the good work and the expanding you're doing. When you, How often do you come across people who have this mindset of, you know, my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth and you, you don't talk to me about standards or they don't want to hear about it or maybe they do want to know about God, but they don't want to be uh, conformed to that set of standards. They want to be able to continue to live their life the way they want and feel like they're going to go to heaven and uh, do you come across that often and when you do uh, how, how do you overcome that how do you bring the truth to somebody with that kind of mindset that's a good question chris and that is becoming more and more prevalent it, there are a lot more people starting to to think this way it's been growing over several decades and and uh, people are coming to this idea it's a it's it's an appealing it, people are attracted to this to say hey i don't have to answer to anybody it's it's whatever i decide is right and uh kind of a relativistic a relativism you know my way is okay your way is okay and let's not judge anybody and and um we're when we really look at evolution where it leads to is if we have evolved and we are the highest beings then there's nothing above us. And so we have no one else to answer to. We, in a sense, are the top of everything. And so we make up what's right and wrong, which is really a scary thought because then you have people who decide to blow up people and in the name of their religion or in their faith or uh, people decide to uh, to uh, do things with their own children that we would think would be absolutely horrible. But because they feel like it's right with them. They feel like, hey, it's my children, and if I want to use them this way, then that so be it. 
there are so many directions that this goes in that's that's very challenging and there's always different levels of this there's some that take it to the extremes and others that uh, are just starting to to feel like you know we want to do it our way uh, as well that uh, we we see this growing and as you brought up with the golden globes i think sometimes with the way that our television and music and just our everyday lives, we can get so caught up in in the world that 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 we're consumed by it, and it's hard to see beyond where we're at, and we don't realize what's happening to us spiritually. Uh, like the Bible says, that we're we're blinded. Satan is blinding us to the truth. And I, I was thinking about the movie The Hobbit. I took my wife to to watch this the other night. And I was thinking about that part in The Hobbit where they're in the thick of the forest and uh, they're, they're being put to sleep and they're, they're going around in circles and they're starting to hallucinate and see weird things and they were lost and they couldn't see where they were going. They had lost track of, of the direction that they were trying to get to. And so Bilbo had the de- he made the decision to go up and to, to see beyond to say i've got to look to see which direction we're going and once he breaks above the the tree line he he gets to see the sun and when he sees the sun it it was like his head finally cleared and he could think straight and then he could see the mountain in which they were going and and he says hey i know where i'm going now and i was thinking about how that is today that we're in this forest of the world and uh, the way that Satan deceives us, he, he, he's like putting us to sleep spiritually mm-hmm. and we, we're wandering around in circles and we start to hallucinate and start to think that this is real or something that's important, which really is not. And when we look at what God does is he allows us through his word to really get above the trees and to clear our head and to see the sun, the son of God, and that we can, we can get our direction, get our wits about us and say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm here for that mountain. I'm, I'm, I'm here to, I, I want to go to heaven and that's the way you get there. And so I, it's going to help maneuver my way through this world. And we've, but we've got to have that authority, like what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah good. I, I like that. That point you're making out of uh, from the Hobbit, I love that movie, and it's one of the few that are really, I think, uh, good, good quality movies, good moral uh, tone in that. And uh, I wanted to also point out, you know, when when uh, uh, Bilbo Baggins comes back hmm. out of the, the tree line, he doesn't just think, "Oh, I, I figured it out," and he goes on his own. That's right. He finds those all uh, who are with him, those whom he loves, and mm-hmm. he helps them along the way. That's right. Way too. Exactly. That's a great point. And so when we're dealing with people. That, that have these ideas, for the most part, those who uh, have some indication that, that they do believe in a God, uh, what we're ultimately trying to remind people about is that he has to be our authority. He, he is a moral God. He is a just God. He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. And without him, the Bible tells us that, that we can't direct our own steps and, and our 
our heart will deceive us and it, the Bible warns us many times about not trusting in our feelings and what we think is right and and uh, just what everybody else tells us we've we've got to get back to the Word of God and so mm-hmm. that's some of the first studies that we do is trying to get people to trust in the authority of God and his in his word and yeah that's a that's that's so true you know um, uh, we look at the kids today uh, teenagers and all the things that they're exposed to, uh, even though there are you know one or two good movies or TV shows out there, the majority out there is really pushing this uh, other idea of do it your own way, or or really it's evolution. Of course, we see that more in our public school system now, where you got to teach only evolution, nothing else is wrong. And of course, what the kids are coming out of with that when when they see this and they 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 learn, okay, evolution, that's what the way it goes, and. The only thing they come out of that with is, one, uh, they were made by accident. They're just kind of thrown together. There's no real purpose to their life. There's nothing after this life. They have no hope, no standard, no goals. And so they're, they're left wanting with this, this emptiness in them, thinking, what, what's the point of everything? That's right. And so then Bilbo Baggins comes down up out of the tree <laughs> line with this new found hope and this new direction. He found that sun that he could bask in, and he wants to share it with others. And That's right. You, we see uh, you, Josh, Josh Baggins, <laughs> <laughs> going out there, Uh-oh. bringing that truth for others as well. I appreciate your, your, your thoughts on that, and uh, it's, it's, uh, I appreciate all the work you're doing. And, and for all our listeners out there, I want you to know, you, if you have any questions or comments or if you want to know more about what Josh is doing, you can come, come to our, uh, our blog site. We'll have a, a, um, uh, some information about Josh, what they're doing at the Salt River. If he's okay with it, we'll put where they're, the address or where they're meeting. If you're interested in meeting with them at the, with the Salt River Church of Christ. Uh, Whereabouts is that located? We are meeting at 1880 North Longmore. In Scottsdale, it's right off of uh, Longmore and McDowell on the Salt River Community. It's at the uh, Salt River Community Center is where we meet at. And we meet at 1 o'clock right now in, on su- every Sunday afternoon. Okay. Well, there you go. And we'll put that information on the website as well. That's going to be at www.nvcoc.net and click on that radio mic. And I, I want to uh, exp- uh, give you some thoughts uh, uh, that I have uh, had or written down here about, about this very thing. Well, not necessarily on standards, but it's about the uh, our flesh and the spirit. Because once you come to Christ, you, you got a lot of people don't realize that there's this change that needs to be made within you. Yes, You're going to have to go into a, another direction. Um, there was a there's this story. It's a kind of a, a, a made up story. But this man, he, he met a friend of his one morning. He was asking, you know, I, I, I'm looking for Sam. Have you, have you seen him lately? I've been looking high and low for him. And his friend looked back at him and he said, well, you're looking in all the right places. He said, well, but I haven't found him. He goes, well, he died last January. He's either high or he's low. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. Well, the, and the Bible tells us that all men have died to something. Uh, for example, when, when we become Christians, we, we died, uh, or before we became Christians, I'm sorry, we died or we were dead to the things of Christ. Uh, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 1 through 3, he says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But once we became a Christian, we were dead 
in Christ. Galatians 2.20 tells us, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, what, what does that mean? I no longer live. Well, I want to read you a lengthy section out of Galatians 5, 16 to 24, and think about uh, uh, what it means, uh, I no longer live, while I read this passage. Galatians five sixteen to 24, but I say, Paul writes, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and and things like these, of which I have forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... The fruit of the Spirit, these are the things that Paul wants you to be led by, Is or you want to be led by the Spirit. Here's the fruit. This is what will come in you. This will grow in you if you follow after the things of God. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and and desires. So what what Paul is saying is that we should live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Now, I'm not going to get into too much on the Spirit, but I want us to talk a little bit what the, that word flesh is and, and why he uses that word. In the Greek, it's literally the, the flesh there. And uh, flesh is where we make contact with the world. One of the five senses of the body is touch. And that the flesh is where I, I, sense, uh, I sense pleasure, I sense pain. It contains all my bodily organs. It contains my lifeblood. And when someone looks at me and recognizes me, what they're seeing is my flesh, my outer uh, shell, my, my, my outside person. And for all intents and purposes, it is me. And I do things for my flesh. I, I clean it, I bathe, and I use soap. And I know you're glad about that because I know I you know, It makes me smell better. But flesh is God's code word uh, for our endeavors to serve our personal desires. And sin can really be boiled down to that which helps us serve our flesh by either bringing it pleasure or avoiding pain. But the Bible tells us that we have a choice. Live for self or live for God. And which, uh, whichever one I choose, I have to die to the other one. Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 5 through 9 says uh, something uh, interesting on this matter. Paul writes there, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now there in Romans 8 and 9, Paul makes that curious statement, if the Spirit of God dwells in you. What what did he mean by that? I think he means, did you make the choice to die to the flesh? He continues on in verses 10 and 11. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness, 
But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You really don't have to keep remaking the decision to live in the spirit. When you became a Christian, you were crucified with Christ. You died when you made the choice. And that's what Paul is teaching in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. He says there, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? In other words, if God really uh, loves forgiving us, why not just continue sinning? That way we can give God more pleasure. Oh, no, that's not what he's saying. May it never be, verse 2. How shall we who die to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore... We have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Paul's not saying we need to keep dying again and again. He's saying you already have died. Now you need to live like that. For example, let's say, let's say we, we, we brought a dead guy up here with us, Josh. We, we put him here in the, in the chair, and it's dead guy Bob. Okay. Okay, and so Bob... What are your thoughts on that? Bob? Hey, Bob, I want you to lie to everybody and tell us how you were alive. Nothing coming from Bob. Well, he's dead. He can't even respond to me. Josh, if Divine wanted you to get up and clean the kitchen, but you were laying in the, in your, on your couch and you died, how well would you respond to her? Wouldn't be responding very well. Even if she kicked you. And that's how we need to be towards sin. No matter how tempting, no matter how much it screams at us, no matter what comes on the TV or what put in front of us at our public schools, we're dead to sin. That's right. We no longer respond to it. So I have died to this fleshly body. Now what do I do with it? I can't cast it aside like some old rag, even though I'm a Christian. I still have my body. I can deny I have a fleshly body that still tempts me to sin, or I can deny myself any contact with the world that will tempt my flesh, or, or I can do what Paul talks about in Galatians 2.20. The life uh, I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. In other words, my eyes are on Jesus and not on the flesh. Uh, I have some other things I want to say. I'm just going to have to put those up on the website. We're, we're actually going over a little bit, so I'm going to have to bring it to an abrupt close. But I want you to think about these things, folks, the, about the spirit in the flesh, about the fact that we are dead to the things of this world. And as such, like Bilbo Baggins, we come back down into the world, yes, but we're not tempted by it. We're just trying to snatch others from the fire to help them see the truth. We appreciate you being with us uh, this afternoon. Please come to our website and uh, find out more about the things that we we have uh, on there at www.nvcoc.net. Thank you, Josh, for being here. We we hope to have you again soon. But above all else, we want to thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has given us this day. So let us redeem the time. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. To hear this program again, go to FamilyValuesRadio1010.com and click on the podcast page and find this program and many others right there on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com.